presented for you by the Psychology Association of Alberta. The uh, purpose of the podcast is to present information is timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership because our theme today is back to psychedelics, back to psychedelics. What, what I've done, it isn't that I have a day fixé about this stuff, but because I've taken this on and, and sort of challenged it, Anytime I can present information that smooths out some of my wrinkles, uh, that kind of soothes <clears throat> my um, agitation with the emergence of psychedelics, I want to present those. Uh, you know, this idea of, of, of balanced and all that. But, but really, just a sense that if it is going someplace good and going someplace in a way that's uh, um, more within a standard of practice, it would be acceptable to us. I want to talk about that. But first, I wanted to play this song. And it's um, uh, th this is a I saw these guys live back back in the day, and this is a 17-minute song, and uh, I I kept thinking I should just post this and put update on psychedelics and just let the whole thing play and people keep waiting 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 for something to happen and 17 minutes later the podcast is over, at any rate um, you know. Uh, uh, timely, topical, and controversial, and as I said today, the theme has to do with the emergence of psychedelics. And there are two articles that I want to talk about. The first one is kind of an emerging uh, uh, standard of practice, but also an emerging sense of efficacy uh, around this stuff. Now, Amundsen still clings to his thing that <clears throat> a really interesting alteration in perception or sensate will look for meaning and the context will bring that meaning to it. Uh, uh, so I, I still have that, that old chestnut in the background, but it does seem that there's some cool and interesting things coming out of the clinics that are emerging uh, worldwide, but um, in, in North America. And the one in particular today we talk about is one that's in Jamaica and it's a psilocybin, uh, um, psilocybin clinic where they're, where, they, where they're doing that stuff. All right, so just a minute, we'll start. Uh, the the uh, first article that caught my eye was in a popular press article uh, 
in a blog that I sort of follow, and that's not important which blog, but they were summarizing uh, some of the advances uh, that are beginning to happen with the use of psilocybin principally. And they were looking at a place in Jamaica called Myco Meditations, and this is a center where they had many, many hundreds of people go. Um, they, they do a basic summary in the article of the mental health issues that are amenable uh, to <clears throat> the, the psilocybin experience, and we all know those, uh, uh, post-traumatic, depression, anxiety, uh, loss, those kinds of things. They, uh, in the article, though, the money shot was they, they cite an article from the Frontiers of Psychiatry, the psychopharmacology section of that particular um, journal and association. And they did a naturalistic investigation of the impact of psilocybin. Now, we will see all sorts of problems with this. But nonetheless, it's an interesting study with results. They looked at about 3,000 people. Naturalistic means they did this uh, on the web, and I'm not quite sure what their recruitment process was, but they got 3,000 people who were looking to use psilocybin, and they um, had them do some uh, evaluative um, uh, reviews of themselves, you know, a little self-reflection and evaluation, two weeks before, one day before, one to three days after, two to four weeks after, and two to three months after. And uh, what they were asking was, okay, you're thinking of doing this, tell me a little bit about what you anticipate. Um, and then uh, how was it, what happened, and what's continued to happen, and what is then persistently in place uh, since. And they found that this survey, this naturalistic approach, uh, reflected decreases in anxiety, depression, decreases in alcohol use, increased cognitive flexibility, emotional regulation, more spiritual sense of being, and uh, even uh, being, being more outgoing. So this is, a, a, you know, a, again, we can look at all the flaws in this, but, um, but there it is. In unpublished research, and unevaluated or reviewed research in Jamaica, they, um, you know, they have uh, posted on their website, apparently. I haven't gone to the website, but they've talked about the same sorts of results that they're seeing there consistently through many hundreds of trips. Um, Another interesting article that I think is uh, uh, important for us was also a was Journal of Psychopharmacology, and it was on PubMed, uh, 2008. And what, what they found was that 50% of the uh, participants uh, in psychedelic um, voyaging or, or use reported it in the top five most significant events of their lives. So in other words, they said, this is in the top five of the most important things that have happened to me in my life. All right, so um, uh, some uh, provisos and some considerations around this. Uh, in the, uh, uh, the um, clinical, uh, the clinical, I, I, don't say, well, I don't say it's a website, but you know, the Psychology Association has this um, open forum now. Uh, for um, supervisors, people in so interested in social justice, uh, indigenous issues, and one of them is for the uh, clinical and consulting psychologist. And there's a psychedelic group on there. 
and I posted something on there that was a little bit snarky regarding the uh, history of psychedelics and the use of psychedelics, and especially the grounding of psychedelics in an indigenous cultural uh, format. So um, I'm going to jump to that and just jump back to this in just a minute after I talk a little bit about some of the recommendations. Uh, the the uh, American Psychiatric Association has said, well, right now, psilocybin should only be for investigative use and study. See, not yet having it be a standard of practice. It should still be in the domain of, you know, this sort of phase three, um, phase three uh, pharmaceutical approaches where you're applying it to individuals but in the context of uh, uh, review and study and, and consideration. Uh, the other concern that they've had in, in general is that you know there's really no protocol for this. Some of these are based in shamanistic and traditional um, uh, practices and others are based in Western medicine. So you've got this range and you know where you go depends on what you're going to get. Uh, uh, additionally, they're concerned about what they call psychedelic tourism, and this is particularly the case in Oaxaca. Uh, in, in southern Mexico and Oaxaca, there is a, you know, there's been a long, long history of psilocybin use in mushrooms. And uh, so we'll go on a little bit of a personal note here. Uh, that's where I went, and I went there, um, you know, back in the day, uh, in the 60s, and we did a pilgrimage up to uh, uh, Huatla de Jimenez, which is, was, was at that time the center for psychedelic uh, experimentation with psilocybin. And we were there and we hung out. And, and, you know, I would say easily it's in the top five coolest experiences of my life. Uh, so I'm kind of in keeping with that other survey. Um, but the, um, the issue there was that uh, the person who had opened this up uh, or that when the researchers went there and the first people went there to uh, uh, Gordon Wasson and, and Timothy Leary, Leary didn't go there, but uh, the mushrooms came from there. When these guys first opened this up, the, the lead in that was a woman named Maria Sabina. And Maria Sabina was a curandera, a shaman, uh, who would use what she called her little saints. The mushrooms were her little saints. And they would uh, bring the voice of God, the gods. And she used it for all sorts of healing, not just uh, the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, uh, and, and she said, uh, because all the hippies showed up, all of us showed up, she said, my little saints have left now. The gods will no longer speak to us because of the abuse associated with psychedelic tourism. We were the first wave of psychedelic tourism. So uh, in some ways, uh, we want to be very cautious. And in the same way we do a land acknowledgement, we ought to, in these areas, do, do a um, indigenous acknowledgement of these precious medicines and understand that the use of these medicines would have to be done in the traditional cultures only through the, the permission of the, of the shaman, only through the permission of the curandera, only through the permissions of, and for the huichol, the marakami, the, the, the huichol used peyote. And so each of these figures would be like the uh, supervising psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist in the clinics today. However, um, we should acknowledge that uh, this is a tradition that we are importing, expropriating, and maybe even appreciating that come from these other cultures.
Yeah, um, this is uh, this is not the walk-off music. It's just that same song still playing, the 17-minute-long version of In Indigata de Ida, uh, uh, Eden, um, Ida. That's what they say, but Eden. Um, uh, so let me go into the second article. It's a little bit shorter, uh, but it's a really interesting one uh, because it was looking at um, again, kind of naturalistic stuff, and they found that uh, people who suffer from aphantasia. Um, and that is the inability to see or make mental images. In other words, some of us can, you know, close our eyes and have a, me a mental image and, uh, 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 you know, have these, these impressions, right? And there are people that, can't, that don't have that. But what they found is looking at folks who were using psilocybin again, that they reported the, the um, emergence of this capacity to have mental ob uh, uh, um, um, objects, mental visions. And many people who take psilocybin, you know, they, they put shades over their eyes or they close their eyes and they'll say, uh, came to me, these faces, came to me, these people. Uh, in the first article, they were using an anecdote from a woman who said she had gone to this um, uh, micro-meditation and she'd lost a, a daughter. Her daughter had died. And she said that she found her daughter, you know, in the state and resolved with her daughter, they, they, they greeted and whatever. And this is often, it's like being in a dream. The experience is like um, I'm, I'm having this, this sort of dream-like state where I'm able to interact in ways with a different state of consciousness as opposed to a dream where you're sort of falling through the images and all of that. So this idea that it would increase the uh, possibility of imagery and aphantasia, uh, 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 take away this disease, aphantasia, and turn it into fantasia, is another promising aspect. Perhaps, I mean, who wants it, you know? Uh, uh, there's not any research that shows that people are better with or without that, but nonetheless, it's a reported sort of um, artifact that comes with the psychedelic stuff. All right, so, so that's, that's it, and I'll, I'll post this one pretty soon, and then uh, uh, expect that I'll keep coming at you with this kind of stuff.